I get people every week, every week the people will send me pictures, text, text pictures of where they're watching online. Right. And that's cool. I did have one, someone take a picture from their jacuzzi with a mimosa in their hand watching me. me online. Was that you? <laughs> no, it wasn't oh, me. You said, oh, I thought you said. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. That was me. <laughs> I forgot it was you. Oh, Did I screw that up? And you can get listen up for only fourteen. Fortunate because we we were able to do a couple of episodes, but I've got Michael Jarbo who's Hi. joining me as uh, co-host today. Well, because Matt Russell is gone doing Matt Russell things, yes. and uh, if you ask me where that is, I would say maybe Indianapolis. Why is he there? I have no idea. Okay, I mean I don't. I mean the guy is like he's worldwide jet setter. I just all of a sudden he um, shows up at the sphere. Creative things. In, yeah, at the U2 in, concert. Yeah, U2 in, concert. In like I, he's there, like there's like LeBron yeah, right behind him. Yeah, I hate that guy. I um, hate him too. <laughs> these people for people who don't know the Enneagram, there are these types called sevens. Yeah. And Matt Russell is one and you are one. Man. And these guys are like a little strange. They're like really creative. They're wonderful. They're attractional. People love and want to be around them. They have this fear of missing out on things. They always pop up in the most fun places and spaces and cool things. Like, so what's it like being a, a like one of those kind of personalities? Sevens. Types? You know, um, the fear of missing out is a driving factor in my life. And you're I, here today doing this. I know. I know. <laughs> and honestly, I thought about you know not what? inviting you and just referencing you I could, about. You know, with Paul Chilcote and the book Multiplying, I thought that would be great. And then you would be listening and go, that would, could that would be so funny if you're like Michael Jarbo, who just couldn't make it today. I wish you could have I mean, I would have, you would have, like, you could hear my scream from Memorial. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't make it because he wasn't invited. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He wasn't invited. He, he um, being a seven is beautiful and painful. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a second, uh, I find the silver lining sort of guy in every situation. And that could be um, beautiful and helpful in situations. And yet also like Jarbo, can you just grieve for a quick moment? Can you just be, feel your feels? It's like, no, I'm already thinking about the next place we're going to go after here. Like, um, like I've got, like I'm going to a conference in um, what's it called? Um, Where's where's Bluebell? Brenham? Brenham. Brenham. And I've already got like what I'm doing before, what I'm doing after, kind of like planned all that stuff out. They have like the unique ice cream flavors. I know they do. do. I'm going to give it a try. But I'm saying that like, Jarbo, be present at the conference at Brenham. And it sort of to me, I'm like, so like I'm always finding the next thing. And uh, so presence, stillness. Those are spiritual disciplines that I really want to center in. I think of people who are like sevens on the Enneagram or like cats. Pardon me? Like cats. <laughs> Say more about that. Well, I mean, cats are like, Careful. you're with them and they're there and they kind of like you. And then all of a sudden, shadow goes across the room and like, boom, they're gone. Chasing the shadow. You know, there's a thread hanging from the ceiling that distracts <laughs> them. They're after the thread. You know, that's what I mean. It's just like... I think there's a little bit of that. Um, cats are sevens. All cats are sevens? No, not all cats. Yeah. Wasn't Jesus a seven? That's what I read. Don't know. <laughs> In a book written by a seven. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> whatever, whatever your personality type was, if you write the book, that's what Jesus was. That's what was. Jesus was? Yeah. Exactly. And you're an eight. I'm an eight. Gosh. Yeah, they're horrible. I don't have an eight wing. I have a six wing. So I have a seven wing. You do? Yeah. That's why you and I... In rare occasions, find joy together. That's why I send you. <laughs> that's why I send you uh, 
drinks at the Mexican restaurant. That's right. Surprise you. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> What's that that meme? Surprise, surprise. The, the Gen, Gen hey, Z Hey, one of the things I thought, I mean, I hope that everybody <laughs> of Pot Have Mercy were kind of back in the flow and, and we're talking about a lot of different things. We just recently talked with uh, Paul Chilcote from Mul- Multiplying Love book, which is a, is a great book. I hope people will read that. Uh, but also, um, make sure you subscribe and like the podcast and check it out. Share it with people. Share it with your friends. Yes. All that kind of stuff. I wanted to talk to you. So, Michael Jarbo. Yes, sir. You are one of the pastors on staff at Memorial Drive United Methodist Church. And for people who don't know, it's right down the road from us. Yeah. We're kind of like sister brother churches. Um, real close. Real yes. close, right? Mm-hmm. We've shared a lot of history. We do a lot of ministry together. A lot of our lay members uh, participate in community events together and know each other and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm interested if we just talk about for a few minutes, kind of post COVID post thing, you know, COVID was a real game changer for churches. Right. I mean, you all probably like us had no in-person for a season. Most, most of, not all the year. I think we came back in like maybe September. Yes. Something around about that. Right. Talk about coming back. Like some of the things I think about are, Man, his new way of doing ministry. We have as many people streaming on live every on, on, online every Sunday as we do in the building. That's wild. Which is yeah, completely different. Yes, and we have to kind of rethink how it is that we do ministry and how how do we make sure that they don't just feel like they're watching a show, hmm. but they're participating in part of a community of faith. I'm just curious what you all are seeing at Memorial Drive, kind of coming out of COVID and what's changed, what's the same. What do you like? What do you not like? Yeah. Because you're young and you're hip and you're cool. Well, that's... Well, thank you. Young. You read my uh, card I gave you just right there. <laughs> young, hip, and cool. Um, one thing I think, the, the takeaway that's been the best and biggest blessing is just embracing approachability. You've got to make your services as approachable as possible. And so when we came back, we tried to, especially at the journey. So Memorial Drive is unique in that it's got its sanctuary on a, on what we call the main campus. And then in 2000, we bought a, a, a dying shopping center and we turned it into our West campus. Yeah, I love it. It's a West campus. It's across the street. It's across the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you, let me tell you this. It's an eighth of a mile down the road, but to some people, it feels like eight miles down oh, the yeah, road. So. Um, and it's right next to a TJ Maxx. Yep. And so people say the church next to TJ Maxx, which is our contemporary worship service called The Journey. And that's what I preach each week o- over there. And we are finding larger numbers post-pandemic than we were before. And I think that's because we've really done our, our work to say, like, that vibe of being comfortable and being in worship uh, bringing, grabbing a donut, bringing the coffee in, letting your kid cry, being this approachable space has really been our biggest factor in that folks are coming and feeling like they can truly be authentically themselves. They don't have to get, um, dressed up. Uh, they don't have to get, they don't have to feel like they are, um, having to be a different version of themselves when they come to church. And something about COVID broke that need. And we've said, no, no, no. If you're, if you're going to come back to church, make sure you throw, uh, you know, some slacks on, but just be yourself, enter in, um, and allow this space to be another home. And then on the flip side, you said, you know, what's been the plus, what's been the, the difficulty? I think, yeah, I mean, we upping our game, 
on on digital worship, upping our game on live stream has made it so comfortable for people to just like, I know exactly what to do. I get home and I'm telling you, I love the chairs of the journey or I love the pews or something beautiful about it. But my lazy boy feels so right. Yeah, I, I think, and, uh, and of course, Jeff handles all this for us at Chapelwood. Uh, we have a great team. It's more than just Jeff. But I mean, the technology, the quality of the cameras, oh, the yeah. way we even shoot and edit a service, it's more done like a television program or an online program. So you feel right. pulled in. I mean, you can see him playing the organ or the, you know, panning shots and all this kind of stuff that like back in the day, you just had like one camera up there. It was just like, turn it on yeah. and you go. Right. And, and now it's all an immersive experience. We actually even talk to the online community. Right. Uh, in the middle of the service, welcoming them. They have their own landing page, their own places they go. That's big. To, and one of the things we're, I think part of that wonder that we've done such a great job by making it like a really, really great experience to watch online that I think a lot of people are like, I don't know, this is kinda, I kinda like this better. <laughs> I know. Cause I can turn it on. I, nobody knows that I'm walking in 20 minutes late. You know, the average sort of watch time is like right at 40 minutes. Right. So you, what, ha- what happens at, you, what happens at the end of 40 minutes? Turn off. Yep. And well, the sermon finishes and you don't have to wait. Yeah, no, that's, that's what the right. And that's one of the things like we do the online greeting. We speak to them when we ask the congregation to stand up right before I preach. And some people don't like that as they think it's like disruptive to the service. And once you explain, it's like, no, that's our opportunity to talk to people who are online. Well, why don't you do it earlier? Well, they're not here. <laughs> no. Guess what? Or they're in getting their coffee or they're exactly. settling in. I get people every week. Every week, the people will send me pictures, text text pictures of where they're watching online. Right. And that's cool. I did have one, someone take a picture from their jacuzzi with a mimosa in their hand watching that's me. me online. Was that you? <laughs> no, it wasn't oh, me. You said, oh, I thought you said. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. That was me. <laughs> I forgot it was you. It was me. Just watching. Yeah. Like, no, just that, cheers, I said that Jarbo. was mean. Oh, mean. But next time I'm out on a Sunday, that is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you a mimosa. Do not ever the, send me a picture from your jacuzzi. Yeah, I don't need. Good Lord. Yeah, I think one of the things we talked about this past week um, that we're kind of playing around with is how do you invest in, like, is this, I mean, it seems like to me it's not going to, it's not like all of a sudden the thousand people that are streaming online are all of a sudden going to say, well, we're going to start going back to church now. I just don't know that it's going to happen. Right. And again, I don't, I'm not making a judgment about that um, because they're still plugged in. They're still connected to the church. Some of those folks are people who come maybe less frequently and yep. tune in. Sure. We have some people that that's their primary way they connect with our church. We've had people join Chapelwood from Alabama, Virginia, wow. Louisiana, yep. Ohio, Indiana. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy because, and I think part of was the denominational well, sort of stuff is a part of it. Like maybe their church disaffiliated and they didn't want to disaffiliate. And so through Cameron or James and their, their Facebook stuff, they have this huge following with the music yep. and people have found Chapelwood and, you know, have now said, I, I talked with a lady not long ago, and she's in Dothan, Alabama. Dothan. And she joined Chapelwood. And they, you know, I've called her up and said, 
welcome to Chapwood. I know Dothan, Alabama, because I'm from Columbus, Georgia. So yeah. I used to drive through Dothan all the time, all the time. to go to Panama City Beach. <laughs> and like next time I go through, we even talked about the little, I said, what's that little barbecue restaurant right there at 231? Oh, she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's Dobbs Barbecue. No. Yeah, I, was, I was like, "That's we stopped there every time. That was where we stopped to go wow. uh, on our way to the beach. So it's like not only does she join, like I, I share some common experience right. with her right here's that cool. here's the nuance and that's this is maybe the next level of ministry is uh how do we how how is pastoral care done with people joining in dothan alabama yeah. like with i mean and this is maybe where talked about united methodism for a while what what does connectionalism look like so like i had a um one of my my grandmother passed away and, and she lived in montgomery alabama this is a number of years ago and um w- I, being United Methodist minister, I reached out to First Methodist, First United Methodist of Montgomery, mm-hmm. and they were able to help coordinate. And the pastor was like, I'm here for you. What do you need? And like coordinate services and get organization on the ground there. It was epic. How can we think about that in regards to people joining, people finding, or even finding community online that live in Houston? What are us as pastors doing yeah. to take the next step of pastoral care so that can help them yeah. do that One of well. the things we were just batted around this week at okay. our budget retreat was like, what, what about a vision of making everything um, online availability? Everything okay. we do. Okay. So like right now, we'll have church on Sunday morning, you can stream. Every once in a while, we might have something that we offer a Zoom option for, but a lot of the things we still kind of do but what if we, you know, I'm, I'm thinking the vision of what if we had Zoom rooms, right? We oh. had rooms that were capable, te- technologically sort of created and crafted so that like we've been doing this men's study on Wednesday night on Richard Rohr's book, Falling Upward. Great book. And like, well, why couldn't that be, why couldn't anyone come right. from wherever they are? Right. Whether they're local or not or whatever, why wouldn't that be? And when they come, not just like observe and watch, but like participate chat groups you and know? like and then maybe what's do you have any prayer requests like i mean like yeah going that next level i love that idea and have and have the people in the room um sharing in community with the people that are in alabama or virginia yeah. or houston or wherever they are i love that and i, I just think there's some way we're going to have to move into a new way of thinking about being in connection i do think that connectionalism you know you and i probably have dealt with this where we have people that call us or reach out to us because a member of theirs is going to MD Anderson for a cancer treatment. Yes, 100%. And their pastor in Alabama or North yes. Carolina or whatever, hey, I, I found you. Or sometimes I know them and they're like, hey, could you go by and see them? And we put them on our hospital list. That's exactly go right. Go by and visit them. I have a friend of mine in who's at in Panama City, yeah. uh, Florida, and he had a, a couple that was coming for, the, he was coming for cancer treatment at MD Anderson right. and they were staying out here for a while and we put them on our list and talked to them and visited when we could. And you know, that that's the connectionalism that sure. is really a powerful part of being in a denomination. And there's yes. some things that are not great about denomination, but you know, that's what I think, um, you know, for us, how is that same thing? Like you said, you see more people now in your yep. contemporary service. What about in your traditional service? Yeah, same. But you know, we've had folks that have moved away, uh, one of our dearest members just moved to Galveston and it's like, it doesn't even feel right to think that Sunday mornings, 11 o'clock service is not going to have this couple, uh, that's now moving to, uh, you know, um, 
moving to Tiki Galveston. Island. Tiki Island. <laughs> Pirates Beach. Pirates Cove. Yeah, they just Pirates by Cove. And you're like, and I, you reach out and say, oh, well, there's Michael Ginger at Central. You go check them out. There's Moody Methodist down the road. Alicia Colts are great folks, great churches, other Methodists. And they're like, no, we will be religiously watching Memorial Drive Sanctuary. It's their church. It's their church. And, and, and before COVID, that was not, it might not have been an option. I mean, even streaming in the way we did it before COVID, I think was very limited. Yeah. And even the technology of how people could like log, sometimes they would, we would record it, they have to watch it later. Yeah. Because, you know, you get it and it's like freezing up <laughs> the technology. I don't even know all this technology. Yeah. I just know it costs a lot of money. So and, if you're watching online, send us a donation because <laughs> this stuff is not cheap. We it's need, not uh, cheap. We need your giving. Yeah. Right, Yeah. Put, put a little uh, little slash right it is. there. It does cost more money to do the things we talk about doing. I mean, this podcast. You just come out of a budget meeting. So you're, you're <laughs> yeah, fr- I'm, you're I'm fresh. thinking all about like, <laughs> Well, but we also vision. We, we're visioning right. like, okay, well, what does this look like? Right. Um, and what would that take for us to create a more communal space here on the campus? Right. Uh, but also create a more communal space virtually. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of the, everything that we're wrestling with on a, on a regular basis that I think every church is wrestling with. But um, I'll say this, the sanctuary has more online viewers than the journey does at Memorial Drive, which means people who moved away from the pandemic, even folks, I mean, going back as far as Harvey, folks who moved to New York where their their kids live or Chicago, they're, we're getting viewership from those cities by people who are, they're the ones who are writing in the Facebook comments, yeah. like listening this morning from Connecticut. And it's like. They are all in yeah, uh, with yeah. us. And so our sanctuary quality of stream is great. And so it's good, good things happening in both places. Yeah. And our, you know, our three services are in the sanctuary. One's there, two are more contemporary. That's right. And, and one's more traditional. But we've seen that in all three of those services, the online engagement is huge. Right. I mean, there are, are as many people every Sunday. And we don't use a, like a multiplying factor. Like, uh, right. we just like, when ISP, one yep. is one hit, right? So right. that means that if you have 800 people watching live on one, there's more than 800 people yeah, watching. Of course. And we also don't count, like if you go watch it on Tuesday, we can, we can find that, but we don't count that like on right. which sick who's watching live in real time. Right. And, um, but there are other people who watch on, like I know some, somebody who, um, I'm actually going to the hospital in a bit to visit him and he comes every Sunday and, uh, he he comes because he wants the fellowship be, but he can't understand, can't hear well. So by what is it, three o'clock, the service shows up on like YouTube, mm-hmm. and he can turn the closed captioning on, and he can watch it, and he can read the thing. You know, you just don't think about stuff like that um, yep. until you run across like, and this is happening for a lot of people. Yeah, I heard a shocking stat the other day about social media. We're, we're working on social media stuff at the at Memorial Drive, and that most Gen Z folks don't listen to the sound on their phone, on their phones, on like watching an Instagram video. And that's why closed captioning is so important to have on your videos because you'll sit there. I was talking with a social media kind of guru in our church who's going to help us out a little bit. And she's like, see that kid over there? And there's this like 17 year old guy and there's got no volume he's not Mm -hmm. watching it he's but he's watching you can see the videos shine off his glasses and he's just watching videos but with all the closed captioning on it whether that be tiktok or instagram uh it's (laughs) he's just reading that what jeff's been doing when he does the reels 
uh, from the podcast. Yeah. Um, they they all have the the, close, the creative close mm-hmm. captions on them. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been doing that, and I noticed like the same with me. I mean, I'm scrolling whether it's uh, Instagram or whatever. The by default they're all muted. Yeah. And most of the time, I never unmute them because there's same close caption. And it does a pretty good job on the closed captioning, guys. But also, it can really. So we had a pumpkin fest this past weekend at the church, and I was going to be in the dunk booth, and the closed captioning said duck broth. <laughs> nice. So <laughs> that's a better idea than that. I think so. <laughs> they want to marinate you. You, you want to hey want to want to get weird? Come watch Pastor watch Jarbo. Pastor Jarbo get. <laughs> Putting put duck, duck broth. broth. Oh, nice. my gosh. I have, I have one thought. Yeah. Um, there was a church that I had helped out with maybe six months ago, and they were doubling down on, like, anti-production uh, value in their stream to try and push people back into live. Ugh. And I was like, do you realize that now your digital footprint to the world, when people go to look and see what your services is like, there, it looks like security camera footage. I want our stuff to look like crap so people will come back to church. <laughs> that, and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. So I think it's... I, I want to be a part of that. Yeah, I think hey. it is right to, to double down on what the future is going to look like yes. instead of doing the hold the line. Yeah, thing. and I, I, there was a church. It strikes Great me point. like there was a church here locally, a uh, very conservative Baptist church. Yep. And people were not coming back after COVID. And the pastor just got up and said, let me tell you all something. Go on. You better get your family back to church. I mean, it was like this, like, God's coming after you. You lazy, slothful. Lazy boy. Yeah. I mean, mean, went after. And then finally people were like, hey, you need to calm down because that's just not. You're you're fighting against a cultural wave that you can't. you're, You're powerful. And you're influential, right. and you're big. You, you ain't that big. No, you you've got to figure out. I mean, there was like a, a church also that like mandated there were Sunday school classes doing Zoom. Yeah, and they said nope, no more Zoom. Can't do Zoom. Only in person. No Zoom. No recording. No Zoom because it was trying to say force them back. Well, mm-hmm. you got older people, and they're like, look, I love my church, but, but you know, people were scared. Some people still operate like that. That's yeah. And right. I think I think you're right. I I think um, yeah. The other thing is like, well, let's look around and see. Oh, this this church is there. This is the crappiest <laughs> online thing I've ever seen. That might be a horrible church. They don't care about anything. But here's they're what sure. I hear: they're doing it because they want people back in. It's no. a, it, it, it's, you see what they're doing? That's why they're doing. They should have it at the bottom. Like this really is crappy <laughs> because we'd rather you be here. We're really we're really great. We're really real. We are really great. We're really great, and it's way better in person. So don't judge us based on this. Uh, we just intentionally want it to look like it horrible yeah mm-hmm. no no hey, no um well we were talking about all that. what else we want to talk about anything else sometimes uh, we just do like yeah. whatever floats your boat that's good um what else is there i mean there's so much good um happening i think like also just like um memorial drive chapelwood churches that um sometimes are articulated as like um they've got this like you know, it's like this upcoming uh, Friday is the Stratford Memorial Football oh, yeah, Game. Yeah. Did you know that? The War of the Beltway. The War of the Belt. Belt Beltway Eight War. Beltway Eight <laughs> Battle. Um, and some people can treat Memorial Drive UMC and Chapelwood UMC that same way. It's the Beltway Battle, but it's been cool to watch the connectionalism and camaraderie between the two churches. And like, especially like for my my mind, when I think about 
connectionalism. I go to this example, yes, because I live it, but like I've watched our special needs ministries between the two churches really unite in helping create uh, spaces for special needs adults and children. Mm. Uh, and we've we've linked our powers together, our strengths, and said, no, let's not say like, well, this one's better here and this one's better there, but like we're in this we're in this work together. And um, I've just been like really it's been honoring work to watch. Yeah. I don't know. Well I appreciate you coming in and sitting in with me. Yeah. Do I have a podcast? Yeah, how can people uh Yes, this is a great you. story right here. Go ahead, tell it. <laughs> yeah, we have a podcast. Uh it's called Work It Out over at MDMC. It's me and Pastor DeAndre Johnson, who's been on oh, your cool. podcast yes, before. DeAndre. And um it's a little uh it's have you are you familiar with ESPN? Yep. It's this it shows sports and does all this stuff. Like yeah. pardon the interruption or around the horn. Yeah, kind of a little countdown. That little boxes. countdown and we talk about uh, culture, pop moment, um, something kind of scandalous. Uh, and then we do a, like a quote of the day and DeAndre and I just riff back and forth with one another and talk about um, Sounds a lot like another podcast, maybe. Um, and uh, we riff back and forth with, with uh, on on cultural um, moments and how faith can interact with it at all. Work it out, coming from Philippians three, of course. Work, work out your out. faith. Work, work it, it out. out. Is that who are you singing? Shake right it now? off. Shake it. That should be our. Do you that think? needs to be your rundown, though. Is uh, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, who's making the who more famous? We know the answer to that. Yeah. Right? I mean, because Taylor Swift was nothing before she started. Nothing before. Dating the football Yeah. Part. We're going we're gonna to work it out, though. Well, hey, thanks for being with us, um, sharing a little time. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like the podcast. That's always a good thing to do. Oop, oh, I'm saying, Smash it. Smash it like it. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that it does was. help. It does help. And Matt Russell will be back next week. Maybe. Hopefully. Don't know. But if you need another seven to ever hey. fill in, just call me. I'm in the parking lot waiting. Well, hey, I'm John Stevens. And I'm Michael Jarbo. And this is Pod Have Mercy. Mm-hmm.